Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. My name is Dwayne Osterlin. And I'm your host, and we are on to a, another episode. We have a wonderful guest today, Carlos Navarro. Now, Carlos Navarro's more than 20-year entertainment career spans the medium spectrum from radio, television, and film to commercials and video games. He's acted on such shows and films as The Walking Dead, one of my favorite shows, The Outsider, Identity Thief, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Marvel's Hawkeye on Disney+. Carlos is also co-host of the number one rated Orlando, Florida talk show, Monsters in the Morning on iHeartRadio's Real Radio 104.1. So today, Carlos is going to talk about his journey to sobriety and why he believes it's a moral obligation to share his story to help others. Carlos is frank about how before in his experience of drinking, he was just oblivious to how he was and the impact he had on others to getting sober and realizing he needed to change and do something different and how he does that now in the entertainment industry and how sobriety is just a big part of his life and now how he takes that sobriety to help others who may be struggling. So I loved Carlos, his personality, his strength, his directness. It's just awesome and refreshing. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And if you're getting a lot out of the Addicted Mind podcast, please rate and review us in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I really do read them. They mean a lot to me and they really help the Addicted Mind podcast get found. So I really appreciate that. And now you can find us on Instagram at Addicted Mind Podcast, where you can get a hold of us, ask questions. So check that out as well. All right. Stay tuned for this episode. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Addicted Mind Podcast. I'm with Carlos Navarro, and he is going to share his story of recovery and working in the entertainment industry, working on The Walking Dead, which is one of my favorite shows. So I'm excited, Carlos, to have you on and just to share your story, your wisdom, and what you've been through and what you've learned and what how you're growing and how you're helping others. So Carlos, introduce yourself. Hello, I am Carlos. Thank you, Duane. Uh, thanks for the intro. No, it's good to be on here, and uh, what you're doing is awesome. 
uh, outlet for people who are currently trying to find their way to recovery. Yeah. It's always it's always a path. You're always finding the way. You never really find it fully. It's always the mission, you know? And uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm still anything going. I can do. <laughs> yeah, anything I can do to help, I, I absolutely can, especially uh, for my entertainment brothers and sisters. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to jump into that and just your own experience, but let's just get started with your story. How did this kind of start to come about and, you know, get into that place where it's like, I got to do something different? Um, I don't know. Like, be more specific because, like, it's such well, a, yeah, you know, like, I, that's such a general question that I like. I, I would love to get more specific because, like, I, I don't even know what you mean by that because I think we always have like major pitfalls, but like, you know, what about you? How, where, how, what made you start this podcast? What made me start this podcast? Oh, gee, I've been in the addiction field for a long time and I love learning about the human brain. I love me too. knowing why we do what we do, some of the craziness that goes on to understand, I guess, my own craziness and then to share that with other people. Because I think, I think we all can connect on that craziness, if that makes sense, on our, sure. our humanity of what it means to be alive in this world and struggle right? Struggle yeah. through it. I mean, life is hard and there's a lot of problems along the way. And if we have mental health issues, that complicates it. If we have addiction, that complicates it. Yet, if we can share our story with others, right? We, we're not so alone in it. We're not so alone mm -hmm. in it of ourselves. And then that person who listens doesn't feel quite as alone. And we realize we're pretty common, Right. We're, oh, yeah. You know, some of this stuff is just so part of being human. And so I like I like that part. And then I just like understanding so much what we're learning about the human brain in the last 10 years is just kind of crazy. So that's where yeah, my interest is. I'm a junkie is. for that and all, then, too. Yeah. Yeah. So brain, I want to hear from yeah. you the start of this process, because you got to a point where you had to start to get sober. You had to say, I got a problem. I got something that's going on. And. I want to hear that that journey. Oh, man. Uh, it was a long journey. And, you know, I think the journey starts with thinking that I always thought I was the party guy. Like, I think uh, that's the beginning of the journey. What you just said is the beginning of the journey. Like, I was actually still kind of consuming what you what you just said about why you started this. Because, like, you know, why, 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 you know, it's such a thing, recovery. And to talk about it, to go back to it. Yeah. And I think because when you're in part of recovery, you, there is a moral obligation to share the story. And I think it all leans into wanting to be a part of something, wanting to be a part of a clique, wanting to be a part of a, 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 you know, and I think that's where kind of addiction starts for me. And that's the question, right? Right. I wanted to be like the fun guy at the party. I think that was always, it was in my nature. And then like, that was drinking, yeah. and the next thing you know, the drinking turned into excessive, and the next thing you know, you know, oh, man, that's actually all in my family. Some consciousness happening throughout the journey, right. so there's a bunch of different waves to it. Right, so like a lot of different things kind of come together in that space. Tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about how that, how you were using drinking, especially, you know, you're working in the entertainment industry, there's a lot of pressure there. 
in that work and and doing that and you're on a lot if that makes sense you're yeah you're you, you gotta you gotta perform you're part of the show and and there's so much pressure there so i want to hear about that too yeah i think drinking and partying can fuel you in the industry and then it will make you crash i've never seen it work out I've never seen somebody like me who drank a lot, would go to parties, be Mr. Social, try and work in the acting industry, and it'd be really good for a long time. It doesn't, it's like a good for a year, good for two years because you're socializing. But then the logistics of any industry, career, craft come into play, and especially in acting, which acting is a very little part of being an actor in an acting career. Right. Everything oh, yeah. else is is paramount the logistics of the of the auditions of getting the agent of getting your headshot and when you're drunk and you're recovering from a hangover for two days and you're you slept with the girl one night and you were oh man i gotta you think you're gonna succeed like that hell no i know it correct it, it it seemed like it was like a lot of fun as i look back and of course like in the midst of it is fun but like it was a very and i say this specifically indiscriminate life I had big right. dreams, but I indiscriminately was living my life of like partying and girls and radio and oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to be an actor. I didn't have an agent. I never right. auditioned for anything. Right. I was all right. talk. So you're living in this kind of, I don't know, I want to call it like a fantasy, right? You're partying, you're doing all this stuff. You got these big ideas, these big things, but wait, something's going to come knocking on your door soon here. Oh, it was already knocking. I'd already been arrested two times. I had already, you know, like fighting and i was a mess i was a crazy dude there was the, the knocking with the door had been kicked down i was putting it back up with like screws right. and like telling telling the contractor you got it wrong and playing victim and all this stuff that we do and it was and like i said it, i was in my 20s then so in my mind i'm like this is what you do in your 20s you party and you do this and then but right yeah god the universe the lord whoever you believe in never rewarded me in my entertainment, in my career, in my family, anything of high level value until I quit drinking. Wow. And it won't for anybody else either. I promise. <laughs> because right. it may seem, I may seem like you achieve some type of career or physical goal or family goal. But if you're continually drinking, and I'm being very specific about drinking because I'm, that's my, that was my right, right, thing yeah. here. You'll never achieve it because the third part to all that happiness is, is that kind of peace of mind. And you know, when you're drinking, you never have a peace of mind because you wake up going, who do I got to call them? What did I do? What am I not going to do? Yeah. And it's like, you know, if, if we're drinking or drugging or whatever, or whatever it be, whatever the vice is, right? It's like, right. we're always running from something. Right. We're yeah. something we yeah. don't want to, you know, it's like if I'm not partying and in the life of the party, then maybe I'm not anything. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's for sure. I felt like I lost my identity when I quit drinking. It was immediate. Friends left me. Yeah. I lost a huge piece of my day. For years, I would like look back and be like, damn, I was the party guy, but I'm still the part. I'm still the fun guy. I, still I don't need. And that was the thing, Dwayne, is like. I, I, it sucks for, for some people. Like when I drank, I was just excessive in ener my energy. You can see my energy now, right? And right, then imagine right. that oh, yeah. doused with whiskey and beer and, and music. It's like too much, too much. Just too out much. of control. Yeah, out of control. out of control with bizarre hubris and rationale behind it. I tell you, like back then, I got to tell you, it was like this like totally messed up logic, uh, victim kind of uh, mentality almost. 
you know, I just think when people have a, a very artistic sense, creative sense, it usually there's some trauma that happened. There's usually trauma that leads to some great work if you, you know, very yeah. rare, just like, you know what I'm saying? Like the perfect family create the perfect little art, you know? So you usually douse it with addiction. You kind of figure that out in your 20s and, and then hopefully you can figure it out in your 30s. And, and then a lot of people don't, right. you know, I, I was fortunate. I had, I had some people that believed in me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when did that hubris start to break and you're like, Man, I, I I know this is not sustainable. Like the hubris <laughs> has got to like crack. Yeah, yeah. When I got arrested the third time, like, and I lost everything. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. How crazy is that? Like, oh, took you three times there, buddy. <laughs> Sometimes we need that. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even then, I still went back to it after that. That was like the biggest moment. The one that like was the whoa, I'm, I I lost my job. I was on probation. I lost my money. I'm, I mean, it was like straight out of some old 90s Garth Brooks song. Like, I lost my money. I lost my boots. <laughs> you know, it was 2007 and eight. Everybody remembers that. Like, everybody lost everything then. Like, you know. Right. And the main theme was drinking. The main theme, it wasn't like my other stuff. I was being very, I was kind of successful whenever I tried at something. And, and But the universe was like, you're not going to do it, dude, until you figure out why, A, you're drinking, number one. Yeah. B, if you have the discipline or, yeah, like the discipline, because that's the thing that sucks for people. They don't want to have the discipline. They don't want to show at a party and not drink. They don't want to hang out at the barbecue and not have their beer. They don't want to hang out. They don't want to have the conversation. Work. It's yeah, but you know, we like I screwed up enough, though, Dwayne. I screwed up enough to that I owe it to me, my wife, my family, and I and I take it with that much prominence, if you will, or importance, if you will, because if I don't, I'll screw it up. Right, right. But you gotta you get you gotta know that I guess on a deep level, right? You gotta know like this is gonna cost me more than it's gonna cost me everything. If Can I, I share if something I with your audience, don't get on this path. Yeah. Can I share? Yeah. Dwayne, there's something that I've realized that when I quit in my drinking in my 20s, I made the choice to quit drinking. I was like, oh, I have the choice of to quit drinking. And then I can, you know, maybe later on when I'm older, I can go back to it. I can have a glass of wine with my wife, whatever. That didn't work. Uh, I tried it again a little bit later in my 30s. <laughs> made a choice. That didn't work. And then when that last thing happened, when my wife looked at me and said, yeah, I'm out of here. You need this is it. Wow. This is the final straw. This is, I never thought like we weren't like this couple that fought all the time. She had every right to say it to me. And I was like, I made a decision that day. And I realized, man, when you're when you grow up and you become a man, you know, boys make choices. Men make decisions. Girls make choices. Women make decisions. And I think when you yeah. take that idea on it it changes it a little bit as opposed to like, well, I got to make this. No, it's that big of a decision, man. It's going to hold it. Somebody's listening to this right now, Dwayne, and they're like on that teeter totter. And they're like, and I'm telling you, your life will change. If you just quit drinking, just stop it. Yeah. But th it's like that really there, when you say that, like the decision, it's this deep feeling in you that it's so different from the other times. The other times like, okay, I got to stop this. This is out of control. I'm going, I'm okay. Okay. I'm going to do that. But then when you make that decision, I, I like that, the being able to split those apart, 
there's something different about it. It's like a deep resonance that, that this is a decision I'm making on a deep level. I don't know how to explain it. It's like a felt thing. You know what? That's a good point, Dwayne. Like, how do you explain it? Because like, it's something I've thought about a lot because like it's helped me. And I know, I think it's like when you make a decision, it's different than a choice in a sense, especially with recovery. It's like a life thing when you get married. Like, well, how does it feel? I don't know. I can't tell you. It just feels different. When you have a kid, I don't know. I can't tell you. It just feels different. When you turn 21, I don't know. I can't tell you. It just feels yeah. different. And when you when you say I make and it's the I will attitude as opposed to I want to make that choice as opposed to I will make this decision. Very different. Yeah. And there's this commitment to it that's on this deep level, especially when, you know, like you were saying earlier, I think we all can like live in that hubris. I, I can do this my, myself. I can, you know, and when you kind of, like you said, your wife kind of came to you and said, I'm out, I'm going to be out. It was kind of like, it just breaks all that down. You're like, holy, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. It's life or death. And I know people like to put it like they like to make it. And I'm not this guy that counts down the days. I don't know how many hours I've not drank. I don't know the and 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 if that's what you need, more power to you. For me, that's not what I needed. I just knew like, okay, this is life or death. I lose it all again. And I was already rewarded for not drinking for three, four years or whatever. The universe, God, the world opened up. I booked The Walking Dead. I booked all these major things that I wanted to do, and got and it was like, hey, listen. I mean, actually, excuse me. This was after I. I quit the final time was walking dead, but there was those in between times that I would get these tastes of success. Right. And, and you, I look back and I'm a very big on writing things down. And, and if you're thinking about recovery right now, you have to get a, you have to get something that, that, that charts your progress. Remember this phrase, if what is not measured cannot be managed. And so if you're not yes. measuring whatever it is, Hey, I didn't have a drink today. You don't have to have a track of like, I did it. No, it's just like one day. And somebody's listening right now and they haven't had that drink today. You get that notebook out and you write down, I did not drink today. Check. And I promise you it'll feel powerful. I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. You make it concrete and that helps mm -hmm. your your decision become concrete. 85% more chance of it happening if you write it down, Dwayne. And people don't do this. Yeah. You know? They don't realize that. I, You know, I'm the same way. I've had journals. I've written things down. It is so interesting to go back and see those things and watch how some of those, if you have goals or ideas or ways of being, start to manifest themselves later. And you can look back and go, wow, I put that down there. I made it concrete. I looked at it. And then it gave me direction. It, it helped form that decision. So kind of oh, going back man. to you, like, so you made Perfect. this decision, right? You started writing this mm -hmm. stuff down. What did you start doing differently that you started to change in your life when you said, okay, you know, I got to do this. I got to, this is a decision I'm making. What were the steps you started to take to help yourself? There were a lot. It was very tactical. I say that in the sense of like, I'd already been through the mental stuff. I already knew why I was drinking. I already knew, not to say I haven't continued to learn on that stuff, obviously, but at that point, I'm doing my radio show. It's a party show, five hours a day. Wow. You know, I'm always around alcohol. 
So I can't be like, one thing I hated was people going recovering. They're like, I'm not drinking. I'm the best and you suck now. And everybody <laughs> hates that, you know? So I was very tactical in the sense of I didn't tell a lot of people I quit drinking. Number one, I only my wife knew and very close people that I knew would celebrate it as opposed to opposing it. And as crazy yeah. as that is, there are friends that are like, man, oh, really? One night, man? Come on, man. You know, like, and they're like, those are the people you want away from you. So yeah. I became very tact. And so I, I would hold a drink that looked like I was drinking at a promo where they're paying me as liquor sponsors paying me to be there. And I'm like holding up a seltzer. And guess what, folks? When you don't tell people that you're not drinking, nobody cares. I thought yeah. people would be like, what? Carlos Navarro, the party man, is not drinking? No way, man. Guess what? Not one person cared. Think about wow. that. I had built this idea in my head that I was the, then, oh man, people are going to be upset. No, it was a relief because guess what? When you're an addict, when you're recovering, people don't have that conversation with you until you sober up and years later they go, man, I love going out with you, man, but you were just a wild man. You'd get us in trouble, but you know, I'm so, they don't tell you that in the moment. Yeah. You think you you know, and everybody's different, you know, with the, what they do when they, but so anyway, that was one. And then I really charted it. I really began to infuse my brain with why I was doing this and very specific goals and changed my actions. I know there's a lot of powerful words I may be able to say, but actions are 10 times more powerful than words. And I didn't go to the clubs. I didn't hang out with those people. I didn't get myself in situations that my willpower could not resist. So you kind of realized like, I can't put myself there and I think that's such a wise thing. A lot of people don't realize, like, if I put myself in that situation, I will not be successful. Like, my brain will betray me, so to speak. If if you're if struggling with addiction, brain. it's like, yeah, it's it, like do, this. My brain is hijacked at that point, and I'm yes. not going to say no. And you're I just a fan need to of the brain, avoid brain knowledge, right? You're a fan. You ever read yeah, the book? I, uh, willpower yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Like it'll only work to so much. But like for me, yeah, I can't be around it all the time. And and then I realized I was, you know, if you get around it a lot more and you're weak, one of the things I was talking about, if you're weak, hungry, angry, tired, you're gonna make a bad decision. And when you're out yeah. late at night, guess what you usually are? Weak, hungry, angry, or tired. And to this day, it, I, I won't think about it at all. And then all of a sudden I'll be like in some situation, be like, I got to get out of this room right now. There's people drinking. It just hits me. And it's not all the time, but I, I'm very sensitive to it. And I pay it a lot of respect. That's great that you can listen to that and honor that part of yourself and say, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm out of here. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't need that. It's going to be fine. And I'm done. And most people don't care anyway. <laughs> like okay. you said earlier. And I, I'm just going on the other thing. I love that you say, tactical right because i agree with you like you gotta be tactical with your i'm just gonna go like with your own brain you mm -hmm. have to be tactical because your brain doesn't always cooperate <laughs> that's where you want to go if that makes sense i know my brain doesn't always cooperate sense. and sometimes i have to be tactical and make the decision ahead of time otherwise my brain's gonna go no this is what we're doing and if i'm not tactical about it in, in in making the life that I want, you know, you don't have to do that perfectly all the time. I don't do it perfectly all the time, but you got to do it just good enough. Your life changes. 
Yeah, I agree. It's amazing how people aren't tactic tactical. That's I know I said that wrong. They don't have tactics for their life. They have tactics for their job. They have tactics for their uh, their uh, football draft team. They got tactics for how they're going to go vacation in Singapore for two years. They got tactics on all this crap except how to handle your own life. I am obsessed with figuring out how to kind of get more out of my life. Literally, I coach people every day. I love it. I sit down with people that are already successful and I go, all right, tell me your goals. Well, I haven't written down my goals in three years. It's amazing what the brain can do without goals, without writing anything down, but then you supercharge it with a plan. It's like, it's like your brain is only job is to protect you. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So it's going to talk you out of doing stuff. Hey, I know you really like to write and, and want to write a book one day, but why don't you, that's kind of hard. Why don't you relax? And why don't you sit down on this couch and watch your fourth episode of The Office in a row? Isn't that nice? That keeps you safe. Yeah. I'm the brain. That's my job. And if you don't write it down with the reminder of, hey, write a page today of your book. Your brain will go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. We should do that. <laughs> and you'll do it. Right. <laughs> you know, there's so you have to be same with recovery. Yeah. And and setting those strategic goals. And I've definitely had coaches in my life that have helped me do that. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, because they're not there. You know, what I find is they're not in me. You know, I can get in my own way pretty easily. And having other people like help you do that or write that down or construct that it's, it's just so worth it. Absolutely. Our brains get in our own way. Like you said, they want to just keep us safe and comfortable. They want comfort and safety and they're not really say our brains in some way aren't really necessarily concerned with our happiness at all. They just want to keep us comfortable and safe. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a several roommates that live in our brain and they all have different emotions and feelings. And, 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 and we live, ironically, somebody would be like, no way, in a very safe and secure world. Our brains were built to run amongst the animals and the plains and light fires and be in caves. I mean, that's really where the brain, as you know, was built for not in today's age where a click of a button, we got food at our, you know, where we can literally drive yeah. by 16 fast food places. We don't ever have to leave the house. So that's where anxiety builds and that's where depression builds. And I think there's some just very simple ways that I've used for many years that I have a whole methodology behind that I'm sure you do too, that really help people feel better, like in a genuine way without a bunch of pills and really investing in themselves. Yeah, not that 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 kind of like you said, and the first two choices you made kind of feel better in that way. It's the decision. It's the decision choice in that kind of way, which is a deeper kind of happiness, satisfaction, contentment, things that really I think everybody wants, but it's it's hard to get there, right? And there's challenges. Most people along don't that know, Dwayne. Dwayne, most people yeah. don't know what they want, brother. You know, like that's the crazy thing. Like you sit down with somebody, they'll tell you 10 things they don't want and can't name five things they do want. Yeah. It's a weird. They might not even have the words for it. <laughs> you know, because they haven't given themselves. They de- And this is not a diss against anybody. I just, I find it crazy for me because they will dedicate themselves in their kid's soccer team. They will dedicate themselves in their students if they're a teacher. They will dedicate themselves in their patients if they're a nurse. They take pride in all these things, yet they don't 
take two minutes to plan out their day, their month, their life, their goals, their values. It's as high as an important. They can list off the Disney core values. And then you ask them, well, what are your family values? And they go, Why have we never talked about that. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's like, just very, it, it, yeah, simple stuff, man. Simple stuff. I'm not perfect, man. You heard me. I've already talked about it. I've been arrested a bunch of times. I've had to do some serious ass work on myself. And now I love sharing it with people. I like with you and with my teammates. I call my teammates, people I coach and, you know, one day a book and all this stuff is just kind of popping. I've been doing it for years, but now I really want to share it with the world. So tell me a little bit, like now that you're doing this, how have things changed for you in your life from, from this moment of making this decision, being tactical and, you know, moving forward with this strategy, how has your life changed? And what are the things that you see in it now that you never had before? Everything changed. Like I can't begin to, once I took ownership, I think that's the biggest first step. Go buy the four agreements, okay? And you live by that and you're going to be all right. And the first thing is don't take anything personal. I took everything personal and I liked it. I like fighting with people. I like drama. I could talk back. Then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm playing the victim. Everybody's again. I got fired because of this. I, and then once I realized, oh, I got a victim in my head and then I got the judge in my head. that's going to judge me on everything I do. Once I realized happiness is being in the moment, taking ownership of what you have, Using your time wisely. I think people are very unfulfilled because they don't know what they want. And then they fill their day with busyness as opposed to feeling productive. And very simple tweaks as far as in my, my whole thing is a notebook. Your notebook is your life. Not a journal. Not that you have to write this stuff down. It's just an exporting of the hard drive of the brain onto something physical. And it's really worked well, not only for me. But for like people who, surprisingly, Dwayne, I, you know, when I first started coaching about a year ago, I, I've coached for years, but now like professionally and one-on-one -on -one and right. groups, I realize how successful people are without any plan. Because the people who actually yeah. come, most of them without doing the mentor work and stuff like that, like they're already wanting to get better. And it's like, it's just as simple as if your boss at work said, hey, I need a project done. Give me the details, the data, good strategy, the goals, when you think you can accomplish it. But that project is you. Nobody takes yeah. the time to do it. Yeah, I, I totally can agree with that. It's pretty amazing how we can get caught up in the minutia of, the, of just getting through the day and never take the time to, to make that plan. And investing in that, you know, I, I think for me, one of the things that I remember when I first started like looking at like working with coaches to help me get better at things in my life. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know, that's either, either it's, it's a lot of money or it's, you know, a lot of time or whatever. But I can tell you from my experience, it is always the return on that kind of work has been more than tenfold in oh, my I'm life. I'm so glad I mean, you it's said just made that. such a difference because it's you, we get the help, we get out of our own way. There's people out there that can see things about us that we can't see ourselves. 
We just can't. There's, it's impossible. Right. And then they can right. point it out or steer us in a direction that we just can't see. And it's like, get help. It's the, it's the best decision you can ever make. Man, I, I'm so glad you said that, Dwayne, because like we are so quick to our, for our kids or anybody else. Hey, I want to get good. My daughter plays softball. Yeah, I want to get good. Let's get the batting coach. We're going to get a fielding coach. We're going to pay $75 for the hour. We're going to do this. What is it? You want to, you want to learn Spanish? We're going to get the Spanish lesson. What, what, the things we do for our kids, if we just took a second and said, okay, well, we've made it to this level of having a family, of having a business, of having our own career, of having a partner, whatever it may be. But now we're at this level and there are other people, and this is the part that people don't like to admit. I don't teach about finance. I, I couldn't teach about that. I don't teach about real estate. I couldn't teach about that. Passion is my is my project. And I can teach you how to get like good at a passion and relieve anxiety and stress and all these things. So I narrow focused on that. And man, it's just been something that that I really, really, really love and and doing it quite a bit now. That's awesome. That's awesome. One of the things I was wondering too, I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, working in the entertainment industry, being on these big shows doing all these cool things. I think they're really cool. Oh, I do and, too. Thank uh, you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome. Like, you know, living a sober life in that kind of world. And I mean, I think people, you know, I know the entertainment industry, but there's other industries that people are in and they feel like if they embrace sobriety or embrace recovery, that it's, you know, they can't do it. I gotta, you know, I can't say anything. I gotta keep it secret. I, I gotta hide it all. And I just want to talk to you with you about how you do that from a professional capacity, I guess. I take a lot of pride in it. I take, I have to like take a lot of pride in it. And I don't say that like in this braggadocious, like I haven't had a drink in seven years or whatever. It's like, <laughs> right. I kind of like it. Have, maybe humility is some better word to it. Like, because what happened, right. I, my Walking Dead experience is the biggest one because my wife always said, hey, when you quit drinking, Walking Dead was my favorite show. All right, I auditioned for like five years, didn't even sniff a callback, nothing. It was just this sad state of affairs. <laughs> but I just made a decision to continue to audition until I'm a fat old Hispanic man. And uh, I got a little <laughs> while to that. Okay. And so my wife would always say, hey, you quit drinking? Pfft, you're on The Walking Dead. I'd be like, what does she know? She's only been right about pretty much everything. And uh, guess what, Dwayne? <laughs> she, uh, I quit. There's humility quick. right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I quit. And pretty quickly after that, I book it. And it was almost immediately apparent as to why. The whole story of booking it is a lot of fun. But the actual reason, like how it was, I, and I can remember this, and I actually haven't told this story, but it's like when I think of that question, because I've kind of been asked that question in a different ways, right? And I think about like, when is that moment of success when, when, when alcohol and uh, success and that's, and I'm walking into the premiere party of The Walking Dead, okay, with my buddy Kari, and we're about to be premiered as like the, the, the kingdom, and it's this new group, and I'm one of the guys, yeah, and it's like, yeah. you know, it's crazy, it's surreal, you know, and, and I walk in, it's like, and it's a legit, like, Hollywood party top shelf liquor to the wall. What, Mr. Navarro, what do you want? And I'm standing there. It was like one of those moments that like in this other multiverse yeah. to talk about Marvel, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's Carlos Navarro and he's like, shot for everybody. And I like, I walk up and the next thing you know, I'm a fucking fool at that place. And they look at me before we even premiere the first episode and they go, oh shit, what the hell do we do getting this guy? And then right. there's the one that happened 
which is my boys already knew, my girls already knew to get me a non-alcoholic beer. Before I even walk up, they're like, Carlos needs a non-alcoholic, because we'd already gone to dinner. I've shared my story. Right. I told him how bad I screwed up. I wasn't like, you know, I'm taking a little break, uh, and then I'll be back. You know, and it was like, look, man, I'm sorry if you guys go apart. They took such care with me, and that's what I found, Dwayne. People wow. will take such care with your recovery because everybody struggles with it. I don't care how good you are with alcohol. You know how it is. You talk to somebody about quitting, and you're not even asking them about quitting. They're like, you know, I've been, you know, I've been thinking about quitting. <laughs> <laughs> because they're struggling <laughs> with it, you know? So not only with uh, my, my Walking Dead guys, but like my Bloodline dude. Like every every cast that I've ever been a part of. And I've been a part of a lot of really amazing cast. They are just so careful with me. And I think it just has helped me continue to succeed. In fact, I know it has. Because if it was the other way, it ends right there at Walking Dead. That party. I punch somebody. Yeah. I act like an idiot. Instead, it was like this, like Carlos with my non-alcoholic. Hey, I'm going to have a non-alcoholic with you. You know, it's like it became this whole thing that I never expected to win. Actually, I expected the total opposite. Isn't wow. that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> You'd built up this whole other yeah, idea. Yeah, this and whole here... assumption. Yeah. Oh, they're going to look at me. Yep. We're going to be in a club and we're going to be popping bottles. No. It was like, no. We would walk out of a place that they didn't have non-alcoholic beer. My crew, like, I wasn't like, guys, we got to get, no, 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 that's not cool. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and you know, it's like you, you sharing that with them, like you're, you're helping all the people around you too. Cause if they're struggling, they see you and, and you're a model for that, but it just sounds like a different level of respect and appreciation that comes from just the honesty of, Hey, this is where I'm at and this is what I'm doing. And I think like a different level of pride. 100%. It's like that healthy kind of, you just model that healthy kind of pride. Like this is, you know what? I'm going to be my best self. And here I am. Thanks, man. It wasn't the goal. I got to be honest. That was my goal. Like in the very beginning was like to like, let's survive not drinking. Cause kind of all I want to do right now is drink, <laughs> you know, like right, in the right. beginning, in the beginning, you know? And then I think that's just like with anybody, man, if you can get over your worst kind of thing. And I know for me, drinking was because I could kill somebody on it. I was wild. I was this maniac at when I got to a point and my record proved it. And that's not who I am. That's a flash of me. That's a that's in me for whatever reason. But that's not who I am. Who I am is the person who has been given a lot of opportunities, who has traveled by myself a lot. I don't know if you have a wife or a, a, a girlfriend or whatever, Dwayne, or boyfriend, whatever, but like you, you have a partner that is uh, away from you and whoever's listening right now, and you don't think that when they're away from you, they're not super anxiety ridden because they go, man, one drink and this person's going to go off the edge and I got to go pick them up in Phoenix or, or I got to go talk to whatever. Right. It's not just you. Drinking is super selfish at a point. And I just got tired of it. Wow. That's an awesome story. And it's awesome to show the, 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 once you kind of see the other side, you're like, oh man, there's, there's so much good stuff, <laughs> good crap on the other side of this. Endless. Like it's just so worth it. Endless guys. You're like struggling right now because you've assumed this entire situation is going to go down one way if you quit. But it's you yeah. can't even begin to imagine the joy your family will feel, 
the relief. You hear that? The relief people will feel from you quitting drinking. Isn't that crazy? Think about that. Yeah. The power that would give to you and the relief to others. So now you help other people do this. So you take yeah. your you take your experience and your wisdom and this struggle and you're helping others. Tell me a little bit about that and and how you take this and kind of pass that on. Man, Dwayne, it's crazy because I got I was on the I'm still on the radio. I do a radio show every day, Monday through Friday, I heart radio to the top Carlos. You can find me in all these places. Boom, boom, boom. But because of I've done this talk radio show for five hours every day, I've had this amazing audience that's kind of followed this path of mine from the party guy to the quitting to being on the news, rested, all this like an insane B-level lifetime movie, okay? And, uh, right. and so, <laughs> so there's people that have gone on that trip with me, like from literally drinking with me to quitting to so and so for years I would get these emails and I would kind of I would always talk with people like offline it would I'd never talked about it with anybody I never even knew coaching was a thing I heard a life coach but I was like right. I didn't I didn't know right so I would just talk to people offline and then I I started speaking more and I wanted to get more involved and I've always been obsessed with personal development and then I got with a group that was like hey Carlos like have you ever thought about coaching and I was like, yeah, but I don't know. And like, and, and, and they're like, and then basically they sit with you and they're like, what is your methodology behind all this stuff? And I'm like, well, here it is. And we get it all out and I have a whole methodology and tactics and, and different things. And it's all super simple stuff. There's nothing crazy about it. And it works. And so for the past year, I've been implementing it and really working. Like after this, I have two what I call teammate sessions. They vary. One could be strictly about not drinking. The other one's like, I haven't found that passion in my life. I'm not going to tell you how to build a business. I'm not going to tell you how to, how to invest. I'm not going right. to tell you how to flip a house. This is very specific of coaching as like I'm a sports nut as well. So it's like way more like, what are you doing? We can do this as you can hear my energy. Yeah, totally. It's contagious. I can feel Thanks, it. Thanks, man. And Thanks. I can feel you like bring that passion to, I love to others. I love it. Yeah, and it, it feels great to watch other people find success, fulfillment, happiness. It's just that's its own. I get great joy great out of that thing to experience. Great yeah. joy out of seeing people succeed. I've succeeded, and man, if you look at other people, they're more talented than me. Then other people, they went, they got this degree, but they just didn't have that knucklehead. Hey, I'm not gonna. This is who I am. I'm not gonna quit. And that's the biggest thing. Don't quit on yourself. Don't quit on your passion. You're going to be happy. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, Carlos. That That is so awesome. So we're running on our time. But before we go, I always ask every guest like one question. Someone out there is probably listening, hearing your story. They're probably struggling or, or thinking no way for me or whatever. And you could tell them one thing. What would it be? What would you want to tell them? All right. I would tell them this. Imagine right now you're in a time machine. You're lucky. It was invented. You get to go 40 years from now. I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40. You're looking at yourself. You're laying there. You're laying there. That, you don't know what time it is. You, and, and you're sitting there and it's all of the amazing dreams and goals and talents and aspirations and loves and friends. 
and they are unfulfilled because of your choice of continuing to drink a poison. Man, imagine if you could just go back in time. Oh my gosh, if I could just go back to right now and quit that stupid, silly societal norm so that I could fulfill my moral obligation of those gifts and ideas and thoughts that were only given to you and now they will die. But you got that shot. How was that? Oh, man. That's good. That's a powerful exercise. I mean, I can feel myself. I'm just thinking and putting there, and it's like, wow, okay. It's crazy, it right? Hey, shout out, right on. shout out gets, to Les Brown. You right that's, on. <laughs> Les Brown has a very powerful kind of sequence like that. But, man, you, you got you to gotta get in that time machine sometimes, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah, because it really it really hones what you want and makes you start to really think what what am I doing here and and where am I going? So I love it. All right, so Carlos, how can people find you? They want to get a hold of you. They want to talk to you. They want to work with you. How do they find you? Oh, I would love to to work with you. I'd love for you to check out any of my uh, projects I got going on. It's very easy. It's iamcarlosnavarro.com or to the top, Carlos on all your various social media platforms. And I know I was very mind and uh, recovery, but I promise I'm silly, stupid, funny, and I post a lot of crazy stuff and uh, silliness. So that's actually my main goal. Try and make people laugh and then make people think. Awesome, Carlos. I'm going to post all that at theaddictedmind.com so awesome. they can find it there too. Carlos, thank you so much for coming on, sharing you. your joy, your passion, your humor, your energy on the Addicted Mind podcast. I just, I love it, man. Thank you for having me, Dwayne. I really appreciate it. I had a great time and uh, really enjoyed this. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Addicted Mind podcast. As usual, all the show notes will be at theaddictedmind.com. So check them out. And don't forget, click the subscribe button in your podcast app so you can get every new episode. And follow us on Instagram. Just go to Instagram at Addicted Mind Podcast and check us out there. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.